Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode Xbox 360. Uh, I am coming, or we are actually coming to you live after the Kings beat the shit out of the Wizards. Uh, Kind of. 143 to 131. Uh, The Kings, well, they basically just took care of business, really. Uh, Wizards on the second night of a back-to-back. But it was a little closer uh, than I like. Although, caveats to it, we'll get into it. Uh, And with me, I did say we earlier, it is fall. Hello. You are back, and you saw a game where a team hit 18 three-pointers and lost by 12. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Wizards are something, all right. Am I right? Yeah, let's... uh... Let's just quickly just go over some of the wizards. Jordan Poole, the meme machine himself. There was not, well, there was one meme-worthy moment from this game. It was when De'Aaron Fox came down the court on a semi-fast break. Jordan Poole is in front of him. Doesn't real, or De'Aaron doesn't even really make a move. He simply picks up the ball and legitimately just walks around Jordan Poole, who literally plays as matador of defense as possible it's uh it's something but uh jordan Poole, eight for 13 from three at one point eight for 11 um he basically could not miss from three and a lot of them were of the 30 foot variety too it wasn't like you know like corner threes and just you know spot up threes they were like from they were like off a lot of them off the dribble from like 30 feet but we knew at some point he was going to cool down yeah, pretty much. And I, yeah, I was kind of afraid that this would be somewhat of a comeback game for Jordan Poole because, so I mean, some of the games I've seen with Jordan Poole, not the greatest, but compared to the other games to today's game, I think he just did enough <laughs> for the Wizards, I guess you could say. It's one of those things, like the way I would describe him is Imagine the kid that doesn't come, he doesn't like, he doesn't study, he doesn't really do the homework. And every now and then, he gets a really good grade on a test, like, you know, when you're in school. And he ends up like passing with like a C, like a 70%, like a C minus, or maybe he just fails the class. But hey, there was one time he aced that test. And this was kind of that game for him in a way. Although I didn't think he played well by any means, but like this was kind of like a like a B on a test, on a test when he didn't really study for for the uh, test and he didn't do the homework. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, one guy that I thought was actually pretty good for the most part, although he has some of that Jordan Poole DNA in him, where he just takes terrible shots for the sake of ta- taking terrible shots. I thought Kyle Kuzma was good. What, what say you? 
Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, I mean, drove the rim at will. And some of the shots were kind of not great, per se, I guess you could say. But, I mean, he did what he could for himself that uh, to bring the Wizards back. And it didn't seem like he had enough for that fourth quarter run. Yeah, it was actually really annoying watching in the third quarter. The Kings just, like, they should have been up 40, but they absolutely just basically gave up on defense and just said, you know what, we're just going to turn this into a shootout. And, of course, it's not a bad idea. Like, they made it so where the Wizards would have to score every single time down the court because, like, the Kings were just absolutely, when they were going to the rim, were absolutely destroying the Wizards. And, you know, there were some moments where I actually started to feel bad for the Wizards because the Kings literally just gave the ball to Keegan down low. They gave the ball to Harrison down low against one of Jordan Poole or Tyus Jones. And it was easy buckets every single time. It was just like, you know, like, what are you supposed to do? But, like, I would have liked to see them play more defense because there was a stretch where it was a 26-point game and Kyle Kuzma by himself made that into a, like, 18-point game. Now, granted, eight point eight and zero run, not the biggest deal, and it only cut it down to like sixteen, but like put up some resistance. Yeah, I felt like the Kings today felt like you know I think our offense can carry us to the end, and that's what it kind of felt like until like the final minutes of this quarter. Uh, last guy I want to talk about on the Wizards, I really like Bilal Kulibali. Now, the shooting is uh, suspect. I'll just say like it's a very not it's not a very fluid shot like his lower body looks ridiculously like square and stiff and then like his upper body it just doesn't look comfortable the way he shoots like it's the opposite of fluidity I, I don't know what the opposite word is but like other than that I really like him he goes strong to the rim he's got he his arms don't look that long but like he's very active with his hands I feel and he plays hard on the defensive end. So, like, there's a lot of stuff to like about Bilal Kulabale. Yeah, I can't say much about his offense, but definitely his defense, especially trying to guard Fox the best he could. I mean, yeah, I could see those flashes. Um, Yeah, it would probably take some time for him to uh, get acclimated into the NBA court. Yeah, so he'll be really good uh, going down the line. Like, you know, finally a good Wizards traffic. So, like, this is maybe something to kind of build off of. Not saying he's the the foundational piece by any means but like that's a good traffic he's a guy that probably will stick around and good job finally you made a good one. Oh Wizards. yeah <laughs> all right let's get to the kings i mean their offense was just on point all game like when basically when they stopped jacking up threes was when the game finally started to work for them and then they sprinkled in a three a three here and there that was when the game actually opened up for them and you know, it's like they, they made 17 this game, so there's not there's not that much to compl- complain about. What I will complain about is De'Aaron Fox's threes. He took seven of them. He made two, and I felt like all his threes were bad shots. There were maybe one or two in there that were pretty good, but, like, you got to lay off the three sometimes because the frustrating thing about him this game, he was absolutely dominant when he went to the rim. <sighs> yeah, if only that's the case, but... It is what it is, and yeah, you're right. I remember while in the game, we there was a stat where I want to say during the third quarter where we scored, I, I want to say like 50-somewhat points in the paint, 
we ended up 64 points in the paint at the end of the game. But yeah, I, I felt like we should have scored a lot more <laughs> in the paint. I wanted to see Keegan go in more, in, in my opinion. I mean, he he did. And let, let's just let's just go to. By the way, uh, we're complaining about a game where De'Aaron Fox 30, 30 points, six assists, five <laughs> rebounds. There yeah. isn't much to complain about, but it, it's just it's an eyesore to me when he just jacks up threes. Uh, Keegan Murray, I thought was really good this game. Now he didn't fill up the box score. He didn't score forty seven, but it was kind of affects at least a bit of a. Uh, how would I even describe it? A facsimile, like a little bit of a a diet version of what he did. Like he was you know, attacking the inside. And he was also like hitting from the outside. And he was overall just very, very versatile with his scoring, I thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with the cuts and, uh, you know, dribble handoffs. I mean, shoot, <laughs> like I said, I wish we saw a lot more of that. But I mean, he played a lot more in terms of the defensive end, I felt during that second half. But when we needed him most, I mean, he he's there for us. And another guy that was here for us, like Harrison Barnes, was really good this game. Eight for eleven for nineteen points, uh, only had one steal. <laughs> he was nineteen zero zero zero. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But I thought I thought he was really good. And when things looked looked a little kind of shaky in the in the third quarter, when Kyle Kuzma was going on his little rampage, there was Harrison Barnes to hit a few big threes to basically put the lead right back up to twenty two. And yeah, the Wizards never really threatened after that. Yeah, and he pretty much drove that will, I felt too. Like, I don't know about the Wizards defense, but my God, they just let him go in. Yeah, and again, they 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 did these like post-ups for him, and it kind of got him going. And again, I I started I felt bad for Tyus Jones. And by the way, get Tyus Jones off this damn team. Like he does not deserve this pain that they're inflicting on him. And yeah, like they, they went to the post with like him versus uh him versus Harrison and Harrison basically scored every single time. Like it was like they ran some plays for Harrison and he was able to cash in. So really good to see from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bonus dominant, just Daniel Gafford was, is a very good shot blocker. You can actually like see how good of a rim protector he was. He's a skinny guy. Uh, and like, he just kind of got bullied around by a, by Sabonis for most of the game. And yeah, uh, 28 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. A very Jokic as stat line, if you will. Yeah, third triple double of um this season and 35th overall, I want to say. Oh yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that stat with me. But like he he gets a lot of games where he's like at like eight assists or like nine assists. It's he should have way more triple doubles, but it, it is what it is. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Kevin Herter, I thought I thought was pretty good this game. He didn't shoot well, but I always feel like he affects the game in a way that it's a lot like hard. It's a lot more um, passive, um, like where he just helps the game, but nothing on the stat sheet says it. And you have to kind of watch the. You have to really pay attention to what he's doing. There's a lot of subtle things that he does, um, but yeah, I thought he was good this game. Sasha, uh, eight points, eight rebounds in twelve minutes, or seven rebounds. My bad, but like I thought he was really like just active on the boards and just you know he's always a sniper. On, like when he's on the court. Oh, yeah. Malik Mug had a bit of a weird game. Uh, again, he is always he's always the spark plug off the bench, and his the threes that he hit were all very big shots. Would like to see him go to the rim more, but hey, 10.6 assists in 22 minutes. Can't complain oh, yeah. too much about that. Oh, yeah, and some of his fouls, I mean, 
take some bad fouls per se, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, even on a take foul, that was a pretty bad, honestly, but the Kings were up double digits, so it didn't hurt as much. And I think Denny Advia actually missed the free throw, so it didn't even it literally didn't even matter. But uh yeah, like I thought he had a I thought he was fine for the most part, and you know, spark plug. Uh, but you know, just not an efficient night. And this is a in this is in a game where the again the Kings won by 12, and it should have been a lot more. So we're just we're literally bitching about like nothing. But it it, it did it did stand out a little bit for us. Mm-hmm. Uh let's uh quickly talk about Keon Ellis. I thought he was actually pretty good this game, but the shots just weren't falling. Uh yeah, it kind of just was a theme of the game where like for a lot of the early part of the game, I thought they got a lot of good shots, but they just weren't hitting them. And it looked like the Wizards were actually going to start building some momentum, but luckily their offense kind of woke up. And like their defense again could be better, but I thought Keon after getting ejected against uh the Jazz came back pretty good, although just, you know, on the stat sheet not so much, but like I thought he was just he just fits into the offense very well. Oh yeah, and I I kind of wish we saw a little more Davion, but you know, if Keon's doing a lot better in terms of both fans, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it's hard to just like Keon's just playing solid right now. He's not really making any mistakes. Look, at some point, I think somebody's gonna figure out. Hey, uh, Keon's not the greatest ball handler. You might want to just press up on him a little bit more. Paul George is really the only guy I've actually seen like give Keon like issues. Um, at some point, I think that will be exposed, and then they probably have to go back to Davion if you know he's still on the team. But like Keon's just been solid. Like you know, he'll hit the open three, and he is like legit one of the. He is legit only one of the. One of one of the Kings' only real defensive playmakers, I feel. Like, his hands are always incredibly active. He even got a really nice, like, chase-down block on Tyus Jones, who was really good this game. Like, he is a he is a really good defensive playmaker. And, you know, Davion, Davion's a great on-ball guy, but he's not as much of a guy who's going to, like, you know, get a block or get a strip. But, like, Keon can do that with his length and his just ridiculous hands. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, overall, just, I thought, I, you know, Kings took care of business. It did make us sweat a little bit more than I would have personally liked. You know, it is the Wizards on a second of a back-to-back. The fact that this game was anywhere near close was a bit, uh, you know, was a bit sketchy. But, hey, they got they got the job done. They, you know, they took care of business. And now they will be facing the uh, Boston Celtics on Wednesday, which will be a whole nother level of competition. Oh yeah, and it's also on NBA TV too. So, I I can't to be honest. I can't keep count of how many uh, NBA TVs and uh, TNTs and I guess you could say uh, those type of games uh, we've uh, played so far. We jumped from I think like what five national TV games to like twenty two. I think this year. So this is a real big change, and you know maybe we get a Christmas game next year. For all we know, like we I mean we. I know the Kings and the Warriors draw well. I don't know if they draw well nationally, but like the Kings are, are a great story that really does deserve a lot of high highlighting. Like Pacers are going to get a lot more like attention next year for sure. The Kings should get some love too because you know they're kind of they're kind of doing the same thing that the Kings did. Just saying. Yeah, 
let's hope so. I feel like um, the bigger, I guess, teams will still get the spotlight for those types of games. Like, I forgot, there was still Boston versus LA. That's I think that's all, all solidified no matter what for upcoming years. And, and, and also Warriors versus Lakers. Lakers versus anyone. LeBron James versus anyone. That's just how the Knicks, no matter what, no matter how much they suck ass. <laughs> Granted, I, I like the Knicks. Like, they're a they're a you know they're a rugged team and like they are like a no nonsense like will grind you down into dust kind of team like a very workman's type team but like you know they'll always get uh they'll always get a lot of national attention but the kings are getting up there although there are there is a little there's still a lot of like doubt about like what they're gonna be and how good they are and if this is all smoke and mirrors you know, get, people got to get used to the Kings being good. You know, they're still getting used to that. Well, let's see if Wednesday proves it, I guess. And, you know, to, in order to take to get, you know, solidify themselves, maybe they need to make a trade into getting, you know, getting to that next level. So, all right. So I, I have to admit, this is kind of just a repeat of last episode in terms of like trade news. But there is a uh, report from Sam Amick. Well, there, he had a section about the Kings where basically he said things like Kings don't love Kings don't love that OG and Siakam are on expiring deals and basically how much it's going to cost to get them. Okay. <laughs> so would it cost less, you mean? It, it like, yeah, I don't know if they'll cost less. Well, it's comparative to what they want to give up. Like, it you know, after Keegan's incredible 47-point game, he's even more unlikely to be moved. And if you think about it, it is hard to see them move or see, see the Raptors move one of um, OG or Siakam without including Keegan. Okay, so what are we trying to imply? I guess they're trying to imply they might be looking to other avenues. And one of those other avenues, I, I hate that this is a thing. And I had to listen to ESPN 1320 today, and it it really annoys me how much this is a point of point of topic. Uh Zach Levine um apparently would, you know, would be very amenable to to a move to the Kings. Whether or not the Kings are amenable to that move is a whole nother story. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, thank you. To be honest, I we said it multiple times. The contract is not good. The, Zach Levine, as much as a borderline all star he is, I kind I still don't want him in our team. Defense is not great. Offense is I don't know. I feel like his offense is still kind of stagnated in a way, and with whoever will have at the end of um if we do happen to trade him i he, he would need to be like the third option to be honest and for better or for worse i don't know how that will fare off look i love dilo and casey I, I always listen to them they like they're they're very entertaining but there are just certain things I do, specifically with Casey, like D'Lo will kind of just be there to moderate the conversation. There are just some things that Casey says where I'm just like, come on, bro. And here's the thing that's annoying. So he's at, he's 
kind of advocating for a Zach Levine trade. You know, he's advocating like Zach Levine's a good ball player. And no, and yes, he is a very good ball player. And, you know, there is no debate. He is a better player than Kevin Herter. You would agree, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is a better player. He can go get buckets. He's been a two-time All-Star. All that stuff. But then but then it, the conversation stops when he makes when you find out he makes 40 million dollars. And as you said, he needs to be the third option. Do you want to pay your third option 40 million dollars? And when that 40 million dollar player does not really play defense, does is not a great passer and is you know can score for you but like on a team that really doesn't need more scoring, really? It's just a tough fit. Like it's like, don't get me wrong, a very good player, but ultimately just a guy that, you know, he overlaps with a lot of the guys. Like, you know, as a third option, how many shots are we talking about? Like, are we talking about like 16 shots? Do you want him to take more shots away from Keegan? And again, $40 million. Like, there's just a lot of, there's there are, these are things you have to take into factor. And it just, and like the conversation on ESPN 13, it just frustrated me because Casey's trying to make this point. I get what he's trying to do, but there are conversations that just need to be shut down. And then he kind of devolves these into like, well, well, like now you're saying that he's not as good as Kevin Herter because Kevin Herter fits on this team better. Yes, that's what, that's exactly what I'm saying. And also the salary. Can we just like, can we just shut down this conversation? It doesn't need to be because $40 $40 million for a guy that's maybe slightly better than Kevin Herter and doesn't fit on this team as well. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the Bulls find somewhere else other than the Kings, but yeah, no, no, thank you because I think we'll just be fine without him. Yeah. So like, we're just going to shut down Zach Levine stuff. Now I did see a tweet from Jill Atch. The only way I would be okay with an OG trade or not OG uh, Zach Levine trade is if you have other stuff lined up after that. Now, of course, I don't know what else you would have to trade after that, but you know, like if you get Zach Levine and Dory Finney Smith, you know what? Sure, like they can replace uh, Kevin Herter and 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 uh, Dory Finney Smith or uh, Harrison Barnes. Fine, that's that's probably an upgrade. But you're locked into Zach Levine after that. That's you know three more years of forty million dollars, and I I don't love that. No, no, I don't. And how would it work if we were to trade him again? <laughs> right, Zach Levine. I mean, well, you're taking back bad contracts, and maybe you're like getting back second round picks. It'd be something similar to what happened with uh, Bradley Beal, I think. But Bradley Beal is a whole other thing because he had a no trade clause. But, like, I just feel like if it doesn't work out, it's probably because something went really bad and you're not negotiating from a position of of power, if you will. And, you know, speaking about Bradley Beal, and I think we already mentioned this as well, Zach Levine and injuries, not the greatest either. Two ACL injuries, like two ACL tears, it's not great. Yeah, it's, it's a high risk. Not that moderate, maybe moderate. I wouldn't even say low, low reward, honestly. Yeah, very well. So it's it's a tough one. And yeah, so let's uh that's that would be all we talk about with the Zach Levine uh to the Kings. Uh, I'm just not a fan, and you're not a fan either. So that that would be all we will talk about with the Zach Levine trade. Uh the other piece, it's more of just kind of 
um, more of just kind of repeating from the pre the report from Shams. Uh, Keegan is highly unlikely to be offered in any trade. Basically, it's really saying that he's not going to be offered an OG or Siakam trade, which is fine. And, you know, like that, I, I guess like that's kind of a no shit type thing. Uh, it's been talked about a lot. And the, the Kings think very highly of Keegan. Like they think he's going to be better than Lowry market, uh, which by the way, he's quote unquote on the market, but not really on the market. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't want to trade Keegan for sure. Yeah. Like if you're getting Ananobi and Siakam, to like be a to you know jump yourself into championship contention, you need Keegan there because that's a that's kind of like you know, like he's already like your defensive stopper. If you can add another defensive stopper next to him, like now you're cooking with some grease, like in terms of just you know gr- setting up setting up a great defense. Yeah, finding the right guy that's that's the only tough part. So we'll see what Monty can cook up. So uh, the last thing I'll talk about uh, that was interesting, I thought, uh, OG and Anobi, um, so uh, same, Sam Amick's report is that there he there is not a lot of significant interest from the Kings for Anobi, which is interesting to me. And uh, James Ham on ESPN 1320 actually contradicted that report and said he has heard the opposite from his sources within, within the team or the sources that he has. So... I thought that is interesting. Maybe that's a smoke screen uh, to just kind of drive down the price of OG. We'll we'll see what that is. Like this is kind of the season of smoke screens, or AKA the season of bullshit in the media. So we'll see how this all turns out. Um, just keep an eye out for the trade market. Okay. Uh, any any other thoughts you have before we call this an episode? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you already mentioned Draymond Green, huh? I mentioned him last. Well, I actually haven't. Uh, so he apparently will be entering a program uh, to rehabilitate him, and he will be out for at least three weeks. Uh, that is basically the update. So that's about. I feel like that's more than ten games. What was that? Probably fifteen to twenty ish, maybe. So, so I'm just gonna check one, two, three, four, five, ten, seven. Yeah, about ten. Uh, I'm just looking at the Kings calendar. Like around three weeks is about is around ten games. Mm. Well, I mean, we'll see if he comes back a a new man. But I feel like it's not gonna be just it's, it's just gonna be the same old shit. And what's worse is what happens if he does it again this season. <laughs> He's out for the rest of the season. <laughs> that simple. Like, look. The three-week program is not going to change your change your life. Probably, it's not. It, it, it like you know what? If he wants to change, cool. You, you got. You're gonna have to prove it because, like, you know, there's too many incidents at this point. You know, it's just the, the man needs help. I'm glad he's getting it. We'll we'll see if he actually takes it seriously. Yeah, I guess we shall see. And speaking about suspensions, isn't uh. Shaw supposed to be coming back as well. He is. He's back soon. They they waived Kenny Lofton Jr. today. Oh, really? Just for him to come back? Uh, so yeah, they signed Bismack Biombo, like because Jaw was out. They were given an exception, so they had to waive a guy, and Kenny Lofton was the guy that was waived. No. Oh. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, 
we'll see how that team goes because let's see in terms of the standings i don't think they're dead last but they're pretty down there they're down there but i wouldn't be that surprised if they made a bit of a run because well they're like six they're like six seven games out of the play-in so maybe not but like they're not that far out i don't think no but you know yeah they definitely could make a run into the play-in now we'll see how all these seedings will end up in by the end of the season because so far okay seeing Minnesota being on top is kind of weird to me. Yeah, it's been a weird season. Like, we're four games out of the first spot. So, <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah, just maybe. We'll see. Warriors are two games out of the play-in. Uh, Memphis is seven, six and a half, seven and a half. So, yeah, they're probably out. Um, but, you know, you, you never know. Like, Warriors are... They're actually trending up right now without Draymond. We'll see if that lasts. Like, it, it's all over the place. Like, it's still somewhat early in the season. You can't really lock everything, anything in right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like there would be, but I can't think of anything, to be honest. Okay. Uh, well, I don't have anything, so let's just call this an episode. Then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I have an early morning tomorrow, so I will see you guys on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.